Section five of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Becky Cook. The Algonquin Legends of New England, or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy, and Penobscot Tribes, by Charles Godfrey Leland. Section five of the dreadful deeds of the evil pitcher who is both man and woman and how she fell in love with glooskap and being scorned became his enemy of the toads and the porcupines and the awful battle of the giants passamaquoddy when glooskap came into the world it abounded in giants monsters sorcerers and witches fiends and devils among the witches there was one whom the passamaquoddy called pukjinsques or the pitcher and they have a legend that she once fell in love with Glooskap when he was young and had not gained the power of his riper age. He fled before her, and she pursued him. It was a dreadful flight, since to make rapid steps both took the form of giants by the Mateluan, or magic power. It was like an awful storm in winter, the wind chasing the cloud. It was like a frightful tempest in summer, the lightning chasing the thunder. As the snow lay deep, both had snowshoes on. When they came to the shore, Glooskap leaped from the mainland to the island of Grand Manan, and so escaped her. Now the snowshoes of Glooskap were samsuk, or round, while those of Pukjensquess were long and pointed, and the marks of them as they jumped are to be seen deep in the rocks to this day. When Glooskap came to the camp, which was at Agungiek, now called Liverpool, he found no one, but there lay the witch Qued Lakunchich, or birch-bark dish of Martin, and from it or, as another legend states, from an old man and woman who dwelt hard by, he learned that Winpei and the families had been gone for seven years along a road guarded by wicked and horrible beings, placed by Winpei to prevent the great master from finding him, for it was a great triumph for him to keep Glooskap's friends as slaves, and all the land spoke thereof. And these monsters were Pukjensquess, or the evil pitcher herself in many forms, for she could be man or woman or many of them, and also several girls when she willed it. Now it is a great part of Indian Metuelan to know that one's enemies are planning and plotting, and all their tricks and darkened paths, and in this Glooskap went beyond them all, for before his time every one went his own way, even in wickedness. But Glooskap first of all threw out his soul unto others. And when he came to Ogomkyok he found a hut, and in it, seated over a fire, the ugliest old hag he had ever seen, trembling in every limb, as if near death, dirty, ragged, and loathsome in all ways. Looking up at him with bleared eyes, she begged him to gather for her a little firewood, which he did. And then she prayed him to free her from the wagook, or vermin with which she was covered, and which were maddening her with their bites. These were all devils in disguise. The spirits of foul poison, such as she deemed must kill even the master. Now Glooskap, foreseeing all this, had taken with him as he came from a bog many cranberries, and bidding Pukjinsquess bend over, he began to take from her hair the hideous vermin, and each as he took it became a horrid porcupine or toad. Then the hag asked, Have you found one? I have, replied the master. Crush it was her answer, and Glooskap crushed the cranberry, and she, hearing the noise that he had done as she bid, and that the poison on his fingers would penetrate to his life. But he put the imps one by one under the wooden platter which lay before him. As this went on he put the witch to sleep. When she awoke he was gone. 
the foul porcupines and toads were swarming all over the ground having upset their hive and filled with fury at being made a jest of since it was a great despite that he had not even found it worth while to kill her when asleep she burst out into her own form which was beautiful as sin wild as the devil and gathering up all her imps and making herself far more magical by fiercer will went onward to encounter him again then glooskap came to a narrow pass in the hills here there were two terrible beasts as one story has it or two monstrous dogs as it is told in another and they attacked him but he set his own at them and they growing to tremendous side killed the others his dogs were so trained that when he called to come off they went on and the more they were bid to be quiet the more they bit soon he came to the top of a high hill and looking thence over all the land saw afar off a large wigwam and he knew in his heart that an enemy dwelt therein and coming to it he found an old man and his two daughters now the girls came out greeting him with very pleasant glances wooing softly and sweetly they offered him a string of sausages such as the indian make from the entrails of the bear by only turning them inside out for the fat which clings to the outside fills the skin when these are washed and dried and smoked many deem them delicious but these which the girls offered as girls do to show their love by casting the string round the neck of the favored youth were enchanted and had they once put the necklace upon him he would have been overpowered however they knew not of this new magic which the master had brought into the land by which one can read the heart so as they sidled up to him with smiles and blandishments waving in the wind as they danced their garlands of enchanted sausages he looked as if he wanted to be one and when his dogs growled at them he cried cuss which means stop but which the dogs only knew as high at them so they flew at the witches and these flashed up like fire unto their own dreadful forms of female fiends then there was a terrible tumult for never before in the lot of the wabanaki have there been such a battle all the earth and rocks around were torn up all the while the master cried to the dogs stop these are my sisters come off ye evil beasts let them alone cease o oh, cease yet the more he exhorted them to peace the more they inclined to war and the more fiercely they fought until the winches fled then he entered the wigwam where the old sorcerer sat waiting for him as food and the master said are you hungry or do you love sausages here they are instantly casting the links around his neck he was taken and glooskap slew him with one blow then going on he reached the strait of kamsok or canso and to cross over again sang the song which wins the whales and one of these rising carried him to the opposite shore thence he made the circle of unamagik keeping round by the southern coast and coming to the old camps where his enemy had been from the witchqued lakunchich or birch-bark dish left by the marten he learned how long they had been gone when he came to uktutun modern cape north he found they had rowed up to uktum am modern newfoundland and had left three days before then again he sang and once more a whale carried him over and now he knew that he was indeed coming to what he sought for in the deserted camp he found the embers of a fire still smoking advancing rapidly he saw near the camp martin seeking wood to burn the youth and the old dame bear had been most cruelly treated by winpei and they were nearly starved but martin's clothes were good and martin was so sunk in sorrow that he did not hear glooskap call him and not till the master threw a small stick at him did he look up and even then he thought it had fallen from a tree 
Then, seeing him, he cried out with joy. But Gooskap, who was hiding in the woods, bade him be silent. "'Wait till it is dark,' he said, "'and I will go to your wigwam. Now you may go home, and tell your grandmother.'" In the other story, it is narrated that Martin with the grandmother were on the road, and Dame Bear bore him almost as a babe on her back. He turned his head and saw Glooskap following them and cried out, "'Where, oh where, where is my brother, he who fed me often on the marrow of the moose?' And she replied, "'Alas for thee, boy, he's far, far away. You will see him no more.' But the little fellow, seeing him again, sang as before, and Dame Bear, turning her head and beholding her master, was so moved that she fainted and fell to the ground. Then Glooskap raised her in his arms, and when she had recovered she related how cruelly they had been treated by Winpei, and Glooskap said, "'Bear with him yet a little while, for I will soon pay him in full for what he has done.' Then the master bade the old woman go back to the camp with Martin and say nothing. It was the youth's duty to go for water and tend the baby in its swinging cot, and Glooskap told him all that he should do. When he should bring water he must mix it with the worst filth, and so offer it to Winpei the sorcerer. And even as he offered it was done, and Martin meekly offered the foul drink to the evil man, who at the smell of it cried aloud, Ookse! Oh, horror! and bade him bring a cleaner cup. But Martin, bearing the babe, threw it into the fire, and running to the spot where Glooskap had cried out, Nitsako, Nitsako! My brother, my brother! Winpei, pursuing him, said, Cry out to him. Your brother cannot help now. He is far away from here on the island where I left him. Cry out well, for now you must die. All this had been done that Wimpe's power might be put to sleep by anger, and his mind drawn to other things. And the master rose before him in all his might, and stepped forward, while Wimpe drew backward a pace to recover his strength. And with great will the bad man roused all the magic within him, and as it came, he rose till his head was above the tallest pine. And truly in those days trees were giants beyond those at this time. But the lord of men and beasts laughed as he grew, till his head was far above the clouds, and reached the stars, and ever higher, to Winpei was as a child at his feet. And holding the man in scorn, and disdaining to use a nobler weapon, he tapped the sorcerer lightly with the end of his bow, like a small dog, and he fell dead. End of section 5